The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to Intuitive Connection, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, and welcome to Intuitive Connection. Today, we have two guests. I think this is our first time having uh, three. So I'm really excited for this. And you guys go by Not Your Average Psychic. That's correct. Yes. We have Rochelle and Saskia, Not Your Average Psychics here to share a little bit about their work and to talk about how to wait for the divine cue. So I'm excited. That was such an intriguing sentence. And I'm so excited to connect with you guys and have you guys here. So welcome. Thank you so much. We are very happy that we are here. You guys had a sort of a similar background, my understanding, than I do, right? Because you guys are both clinically trained psychologists. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Yes. And that is a kind of where our business name derives from. We're psychics, but we're not so average because we have that clinical background, which helps us during the sessions that we have with our clients as well. So yeah. Got it. That's a little bit about why we are called not yet the psychic. Beautiful. And uh, well, you're talking to a psychic who's also a clinical psychologist. So, well, I'm not actually a clinical psychologist. I'm a trained psychologist and counselor. So close enough. (laughs) So I totally get that. But I would love to hear from you. I know people are always curious with my story. And in fact, I just recorded an episode on my story because people were emailing me and saying, well, how did you get you know, from point A to point B, Victoria, we're so fascinated by how do you go from being an Ivy League trained psychologist to being a psychic? And for me, that was a very, very natural progression, really. But people are curious because it's not always one, right? And I remember when my son was studying psychology in high school and he took the AP psych class and asked me a question that I couldn't answer. And (laughs) so I'm like looking at his textbook, (sighs) trying to find the answer for him. Yes. And I've taught intro psychology at the graduate level, but whatever. So I'm, I'm tuning in and I'm looking at this textbook and I'm reading it and I'm like, okay, well, I obviously, I don't know what psychology is on the high school level. And I start reading this intro book and in the first like introductory section, it is bashing psychics. It is saying like, oh, you know, we want to let everybody know psychology. It gets this bad rap because people think it's like psychics and there's no evidence for psychics and psychics are stupid. And that is not what, and I may or may not have thrown his textbook against the wall. May or may <laughs> not have happened, right? But that's out there. Absolutely. And in fact, and we've talked about this on the show, there's actually phenomenal mm-hmm. research for the existence of all kinds of psychic 
phenomenon. And the research Mm -hmm. is way better than anything that any of our scientific psychology is based on in terms of effect sizes. But but that said, I do Mm -hmm. think that there is this belief that, you know, we're the heretics, right? That make the scientists look bad. So anyway, that was a very long way of saying, how did you get from being (laughs) clinical psychologist to psychics? Yeah, so I I think we can totally relate to the the part where we felt that like it, we weren't allowed to show our gifts. Like it it was weird to talk about what we were seeing uh, with people when we were working with them as psychologists, because there was all sorts of information coming through while being a psychologist. And for us, that was something like that was normal because it has been with us for like since we remember, I think. But at the same time, it was also something that we were suppressing because there was this feeling of, okay, this is weird. And if we look in the textbook, I can check certain like diagnosis, like for myself in the like in the spectrum of the DSM, like hallucinations or things that you see, or like there's mm-hmm. a there's a, a thin line between everything, of course. Oh, yeah. So there was a lot of, for me at least, there was a lot of fear around really opening up for the gifts that are present in my soul. And I believe with a lot of people. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel in my case, it was, it was that for sure. It was like, I mean, I feel we totally take most boxes for schizophrenia, right? When it comes to our psychic work, which now I, we can laugh about what we initially, when we started out doing this, we're like, <laughs> well, what if they, what if they take us away? Like in like one of those little <laughs> minivans and like, these, these ladies are cuckoo. Um, but in addition to that, I, for me personally, I've also, I've always been surrounded by spirits, but they've also terrified me the majority of my life. So I pushed it away, not just because of my profession, but also because I had, I had had all these experiences that made me not fully want to open up that channel because it just, it, it terrified me so much. So I feel that is, uh, eventually we met one another. And I did a session with Saskia at her practice because I was dealing with this overwhelming fear that I was experiencing in my life. Uh, I was so afraid to encounter a spirit that eventually I just put it up under, I have generalized anxiety disorder. So I went to see Saskia and I asked her to treat me for some sort of PTSD from my childhood because I thought that was behind my generalized anxiety disorder. And she said, you're a psychic. So we went from being counselor client type of relationship to being friends and helping each other opening up our gifts again. Oh, I love that story. And, you know, I've done some episodes on the difference between mental illness, and I don't love that term, but we'll use it for now, and psychic experience because they are very different things. But I also participated in a study when I was living in Connecticut at Yale University that was looking at the difference between people that are experiencing psychosis and voices in their head that are not helpful mm-hmm. and people that are having psychic clear audience experiences. So there, there's research out there. And, you know, I participated for a long time, but I never actually got the answers to the study. But being a psychologist myself, I believe that their hypothesis, and I believe this was true, but from doing the study was that, you know, if they're helpful, and you feel like you have some control over it, then it's a good thing and you're psychic. If Mm -hmm. you feel overwhelmed by them and you feel like you don't have control and it's not helping your life, well, then it's a problem. And to me, that's the crux of it. When I started to awaken my intuition, sure, I could be a therapist talking to spirit guides and that might seem a little strange, except that my life was getting better. 
my clients were getting mm-hmm. help, getting better, like things were moving in the right direction. And so for me, the way that I reconcile it is it's all about, hey, if it's working, if it's helping, if it's making your life better, you do that. Mm-hmm. Why not? That is absolutely true. The only thing is that it's also whatever whatever your mind tends to label the situation. And in my case, I feel I couldn't really see it as a positive experience um, because it was terrifying me because I was right. I was taught that it was something to be terrified of. Think about the, the all the movies that were in that time, like The Sixth Sense and all those really scary ghost movies. They make me think that it was something to be scared of. You can also do a whole lot in conditioning you into thinking that something is wrong or something is scary or something isn't right. And so that was a little bit that fine line that Saskia is talking about into thinking, hey, this isn't a fully positive experience, but I know that this this experience is based off of whatever I've been conditioned to believe. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's a big problem in society in general. It's that we are made to think certain things or made to believe certain things that we don't actually fully believe ourselves. Yeah. No, I think that's true. And there's a ton of conditioning teachings around, we should be afraid of the spirit world. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I get that. Yes. And I also think, cause this was my experience as a child too, when you have these kinds of awarenesses. And for me, I was not maybe in the most pristine of, of psychic environments. Right. But even if you are, even if it's just good old spirit guides, you know, come in to knock, you know, when you don't have a framework for understanding what's going on, it's terrifying. Always. It is right. Right. Absolutely. And I think that there's also a big difference now in the energy that people are much more open to accept that this is part of our existence or that we can have access to those psychic mm-hmm. abilities that we all have, of course. So there's a lot more openness now. I think that if For we sure. look back 20 like, years ago, yeah, For when sure. we were young, there was much more fear around it. So I think a lot happened in that already, but we are yeah. still conditioned in a way that, and also in like, in connecting with our higher self, there's always a fear in that, I think. Like in in opening up to our inner wisdom and uh, voice of your soul. Yeah. Yeah. And and our strength and, and our everything that lies in our essence. There's always this like we move through a certain fear, like it's it's a birth uh, that is happening. So that's also something I think that sometimes is like if you feel the fear, then your mind is saying that something is wrong. But I think that in trusting the fear in the process of opening up your psychic abilities, you will feel that there is so much beauty in there, just like you said, like things are working for you and things are like things are showing up in your reality that you haven't seen before. So, yeah. Yeah. I think you said something that's really important. And I think that it's in part because a lot of us have been taught to distrust that voice of our soul. Oh my goodness. Our intuition, whatever you want to call it, right? And I also think a lot in life, you know, it conspires against our listening to that. And we have some misunderstandings, even what it was. I was actually at a dinner party not so long ago and people were all saying like, oh, we don't trust our intuition. Like you can't trust your intuition. And I'm like, oh, Mm. that's kind of what I do for a living. But what what they meant was, you know, those snap stereotypical judgments, right? And they were conflating that with their intuition, where for me, that's not my intuition at all. That's where most people are operating most of the time. That's all your unconscious programming. Whereas your intuition, that's coming from a different place. And when you listen to that, it can't be wrong. No, it cannot be wrong. No. 
our mind resists so that the brain, you know, our frontal cortex, it resists us connecting with that higher self. It, it resists us connecting with that intuition because it wants you to stay earth focused. So there's always this, whatever Saskia was just talking about, it's like this little resistance that you'll be met with when you want to align with your intuition and with your conscious thinking, because again, you have this human mind who is trying to push you back down saying, yo, how about you just rely on your senses? How about you just rely on your whatever you hear, whatever you see as that being like the main truth for you? And so you're always met with some sort of resistance in that. And I feel like on Earth in general, we're shifting towards like a new place where we, you know, we, we put our intuition above those senses, you know, we're more intuitively based, we're preferring that, you know, that's more a thing that we're shifting back into. Yeah. I mean, I agree that we're shifting. I don't 100% agree that we're always going to come against that resistance. I think it's possible. And I think a lot of people do. And I think a lot of us have been trained a certain way, but I at least find in my own experience and the way that I teach people, I believe that my brain can work very nicely with my intuition. And those things can work very nicely when I know that the brain is the tool of my higher self and not the other way around. Absolutely. And so I think it's just a reframe. I don't think it has to be that way. I think for some people it is, but you know, I trust my mind more and more. I don't really trust it, but <laughs> I trust it when I'm when I'm not listening to it and I'm directing it, right? Absolutely. And so I being my higher self more and more becomes the one that's, you know, directing the show. And then the mind is a fantastic tool that I'm really glad that I have because without it, you know, then I wouldn't have done so well in that Yale study. You know, I would have I would have fallen right. into the the other category, you know, which is fine too. But I like being functional. No, it is a fantastic tool. I think I think that is the right what I was definitely referring to. Uh, the mind being a beautiful tool for the soul yeah. rather than the other way around, because then it gets a little bit murky. But it, you know, we're also here to utilize it and use it to our advantage as well, our mind. So it's it's not all bad for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But again, when you have been taught to only trust that, when you've been taught that that is the only thing, mm-hmm. you know, and you have been taught that that is the leader, that is who I am, that is the all and everything, then it is a little scary to sort of step back and say, wait, that is not who I am. What else is there mm-hmm. and how do I flow with that? And I think that can be a huge leap of faith for a lot of human beings because up until very recently, there wasn't a lot of guidance towards doing it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I feel like we're underestimating the three of us because we've been living this way for such a long time, how difficult this is for most people right now. Because going back to the topic that we're we're here to discuss today, we are asked to try out a new route in our lives. We're asked to really rely on that intuition now more than ever before. And that is very scary if you haven't done that before, or if that's something that you've very rarely done in your life. And we're seeing, especially with our clients as well, that people are still trying their old tactics, their old mind tactics to generate the same results and it's no longer working for them. It's no longer giving out, like giving the same results. And what I feel, you know, we're shifting into what we're being asked to do is rely more on our, you know, intuitive based living, um, but also on the intuitive voice, but also on the divine timing of everything. And I feel like that's where we're, you know, arriving at the topic that we wanted to discuss today and how important it is to understand that what is here, what is now, what is present is is perfect, is perfection. And again, if you look at the mind, the mind is constantly convincing you that things could be better, things were better, and that right now you're not in an optimal state of existence. 
And that, I feel, has been destroying our planet. And it's not really, again, generating results that we actually truly want. We're not really manifesting that way, the things that we truly want to manifest. And so I believe that, you know, we're here with the three of us, and it's so beautiful to see how we're really, really have kind of like anchored into that type of living of, you know, living off our intuition. But it is really the time that the majority of us are going to be doing the same uh, not that anyone is doing anything wrong, but it's just, I just see that there's such a big difference in like, say 10 years ago in how, uh, yeah, how things are on this earth. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's been a huge shift. I've been in practice for about 12 years. I started my journey to awakening my intuition a little bit before then, but even in the course of my practice, and I talk about this a lot, I went from doing two very different things. I did the counseling on one hand, which for me, I wasn't a counselor before my intuition awakened. I was an academic psychologist, which is a different thing. But I went back to get my master's of counseling after my intuition opened up because of the nature of the information that was coming through at the time I wanted to ground that in, in some kind kind of training and licensure, which doesn't matter to me now, but it mattered to me a lot back then. (laughs) So I did that. And then I did my intuitive work, which I was doing all along. They were completely separate things. And they just started to meld because more and more people were open to both things and more and more people would come into my office. And there were always a few, even in the beginning, but you know, by the end of my practice, I would say the majority of my counseling clients were coming to me specifically because I had this other skill set and this other way of looking at things. But it didn't start off that way. It didn't start off that way. And that's in the course of 10 years. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people like nowadays in their profession, and that can be all sorts of things, use their psychic abilities, maybe without even knowing that they are using their psychic abilities. So if for me, sometimes I'm working with somebody or I'm talking to somebody and Their soul is like, but you have a sixth sense. And this person is really like, yeah, but that's just me. But no, that's your (laughs) your intuition. That's your psychic abilities that are doing the job. And I think that it's time for us to really realize that something bigger that is us is doing this. And that there is so much beauty and so much love in that. So that we feel, I think, also feel more taken care of. In a way, I think that one of the pains on on this earth is that we feel kind of maybe abandoned or also like cut off from the connection with our higher self. And I believe if we realize that we are already functioning within a deeper connection with our soul and listening to our psychic abilities, that it is already here. Like there is something in, in recognizing that, I believe. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. When I teach intuition development, I always teach exactly that. I teach people, look at where it's happening for you now, because there's not a person on this planet that is not hearing their intuition. It's just a matter of we don't know it. And the more we know it, and the more mm-hmm. we tune into it, the more we we work with it consciously. And then we see it's, oh, it's been there all along. So I love that. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel with that, the way you connect with it more easily is by by fully accepting what's happening in the here and now. I think the, the voice of your soul exists in the right now. And we are, as people, as humans, or any type of animal, we're, we're pretty pain avoidant. And because we're pain avoidant, we tend to want to avoid really like staying here whenever the going gets tough, thinking something is going wrong or something's working against us. And so I feel like the the reason we brought up the topic of today is because when 
we allow ourselves to be more accepting of the here and now, we're more able to hear that intuitive voice coming through, even and especially when when the going gets tough. Um, It is in those moments that we get the opportunity to really have that full-on dialogue with literally the spirit realm. So the reason we brought it up is because recently I have been going through a lot of restlessness um, where I know I can already intuitively feel that I'm moving somewhere and my life is about to change in a big way. But I can't really pinpoint how, what, and where. And I've been constantly going to Saskia going, but I've seen this and I've seen that. Where is it? Why is it not here for me now? Something is wrong. (laughs) And Saskia's been like, well, it's clearly not the divine cue you've received yet. If this is what your reality is, if this is what you're being, you know, what you're meeting in your reality, this is divine for you right now. This is where your soul grows and expands. And I think it's so easy to forget. It is so easy to forget and so easy to think that it could be better and that the suffering that we're going through in the here and now is something that is, you know, working against us instead of even our favor, I would say. So, yeah, that's why we've been, you know, wanting to zoom in on this because, again, it is something that is so easily forgotten. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. I always say if it's happening now, it's perfect. It's exactly what's meant to be happening. It might not be Mm -hmm. what your mind wants. Most of the time. You know, the mind Mm -hmm. tends to find fault with what's happening or it likes what's happening. I mean, it it can have whatever opinion it wants and it's fine. But if it's happening in the now, it's what's meant to be. Doesn't mean it has to happen Mm -hmm. like this forever. Doesn't mean you can't have a desire. I'm a fan of if something doesn't feel right to you in the, the now, you can understand, oh, this is, you know, it sets up the space to create something different. But you can't create something different if you're not in line with and accepting what is in the now, because that's the only moment there is. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. And it's also trusting your soul, like what your soul is bringing into your reality is like this, this key or this gateway towards a deeper understanding of who you are. So in rejecting that, you are also saying to the rest, like the part that, that wants to come through after the first painful thing maybe that you are also saying no I don't want to listen to that so and that's I think something that we keep on hearing especially for the last couple of months that like there is so much in accepting the now but also allowing yourself to feel everything that wants to be felt and allowing the pain to be a catalyst instead of like when you talk about manifestation, a lot of the time the pain is like, oh, you should focus on the positive thoughts and positive energy. And of course, that can be very helpful. But what we are hearing is that like the pain is showing you where you are not believing who you are in your essence. So it's so important to connect with that pain because there is this soul growth. It's waiting for us. So it's not to be scared of the pain, but to connect with the pain and to feel that it's guiding you towards these manifestations but even even a deeper manifestation maybe because it's more truly connected with who you are in your essence instead of really aligned aligned yeah so how do you connect with the pain without getting lost in it because that's a big conversation that we have a lot on the show right and it's tricky right because i think that when we are in the present moment and you reject whatever's happening now mm-hmm. or you focus on oh my god i'm so miserable i'm so stuck i'm so th-, you're just telling the universe exactly what you don't want right you're focusing on what you mm-hmm. don't want if you reframe it and you start to look for where things are flowing where things are you you get into a better energy state right you get into a more energy state that's going to flow where you want to flow and that's how i understand the law mm-hmm. of attraction 
right? But mm-hmm. it's this tricky thing, right, of acknowledging what you're feeling without getting stuck there. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that. I believe that if something shows up in your reality that triggers you in your pain, whatever that is, if that's anger, sadness, or whatever, let's say you're getting caught off in traffic, right? Someone is cutting you off and you instantly feel these feelings of rage. If you know that that person showed up for you, showed up in your reality to serve you, to show you where you're actually hurting, immediately you're already stopping yourself from getting lost in the pain because you immediately put a positive spin to that situation. But you're also allowing for yourself to ask yourself, hey, but what is the why in this situation? Why did this appear for me? What is it triggering inside of me that wants to be felt, right? So it could be that this person is cutting you off in traffic and that you sit with that and you go, okay, why is this triggering me so much? It's clearly nothing to do with this person, but perhaps it's guiding you towards a point where you weren't, I don't know, where you felt abandoned in your life, where you felt hurt or someone betrayed you. And if you're allowing yourself to sit with that pain, to really feel what wants to be felt. So if that's sadness, it's sadness. If that's anger, it's anger. I honestly feel that those are those key moments where you start hearing the voice of your soul at the same time. It's when we're truly allowing our vulnerability to show up for us to be vulnerable and to feel what wants to be felt. I feel that's when we reach perfect alignment with our soul because it's it's in the connection with our soul. The reason it's sometimes a little bit like, how do I hear her? How do I hear her? Where is she? It's because it's these little traumatic events that are kind of blocking your channel and they want to be discovered and uncovered and felt. And it's not a matter of, oh, this is now going to take me a year to get over that little trauma. It, it, usually what you'll find mind is, okay, this person caught me off in traffic. I'm allowing myself to put a positive spin to it because it's showing up for me, not against me. And I'm going to ask myself, what is it reminding me of? What is happening right now? Usually, like you'll see a, you have a fleeting moment of whatever's happened before in the past, and you're allowing yourself to sit with that. But because you're allowing yourself to sit with that, again, simultaneously, you'll hear the voice of your soul or your intuition. And that kind of makes you feel like, again, what Saskia had mentioned before, like you're being carried, like you're not in this alone. Um, because that's the only thing that your soul is asking of you is to clear up what wants to be cleared up right? That's the only real work that wants to be done while we're here on earth. It's not so much wanting to become the next president or I have to show the world how important I am. It's to show yourself how loved you are from you to you. And that's what you're doing in that moment. You're just giving Mm -hmm. yourself that unconditional love in that moment. And that's why I feel every negative experience is there to serve you. And so if I'm all frustrated yesterday going, why am I not finding an apartment? Why is this happening? And I go back to hold up. This is not against me. This is happening for me. Show me where I'm hurting. Turned out it had something to do with my mom. And I sat with her for a little bit. And instantly I had like this epiphany and I knew what to do. But it works simultaneously, I feel. And I would say too, there are times too, because I think, and again, I'd love to hear what y'all think about this, but I think too, it's the presence that is really the curative mm-hmm. healing thing. We think it's like, oh, I figured this out. I figured, It's just sitting with ourselves. It's just bringing our God self into the human equation, hanging out for a mm-hmm. while and just being present with whatever's coming up because that's, mm-hmm. that's deeply healing. It really is. That's probably what you just said in different verbiage. Uh, but I also think yeah. sometimes that's all we need to do. Sometimes it's just like, oh man, yeah, that guy cut you off in traffic and you're frustrated. I love you. 
you know, sometimes that's all I do. Mm. I love you. It's all good. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's a normal human reaction. Of course you'd respond that way. Beautiful human. Mm-hmm. And I love you. Yeah, absolutely. So that can work too. I don't think we always have to know, although I am someone who gets those information for other people all the time about, well, this is coming up for you now because of that time when you were six, but we don't have to, mm-hmm. I don't, I personally don't think we have to do that at every single moment. Mm-hmm. but it will come to us. And when it comes to us, that means that that part wants to be released. Sometimes it's just, I don't know, I use this expression. It's from a Regina Spector song, but it's just the stars are just old light, you know? And I was just, sometimes something will come up and I'm like, yep, that's just old light. That's just the old stuff <laughs> playing out again. I know what that's about. I know where it comes from and I love myself, right? It's not, it's not what's happening now. It's just old light. And, you know, stars are beautiful. And I feel it's what you just said, like about just sitting with it. That is literally what it is. I do believe though, the more you do that, the more information you yourself will receive about what's actually being triggered inside of you. It is something that is being asked of us to you know, put more of our focus on because it will just organically happen. It's not something that you have to necessarily like, like forcefully put your attention to. I just think it's going to organically happen for most of us. Yeah. And yeah, we're able to clear out the old wounds that want to be nurtured. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. We often say to ourselves and to everybody that we uh, get to guide, like, what is the pain behind the pain? So there is always a pain behind the pain. And if you touch upon that pain, like you just said, it doesn't need to be like, you don't have to sit with that for five hours. But if you just put the intention, like, okay, I want to connect with what is really going on, then there is already magic happening and i also love to guide people in not like talking about the pain but feeling it in your body and on a more energetic level so that's something that nobody taught me that but that's something that is coming from my higher self in helping people to heal those parts and it's really about like really connecting deep with the feeling sensations so not the story and not not the words but it's on a different level and I feel that that's also very helpful in in releasing that energy that is not serving us anymore. Super powerful. Right. Well, again, it gets us present. It gets us embodied because when we're in the body, we're in the energy, we're feeling the energy, we're releasing the energy. The way that I see it is the mind just likes to put, you know, wrapping paper on things like lots and lots and lots of layers of wrapping paper. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll just keep wrapping it up. And so those moments of presence is where we're like, we get to open the present. Yeah, but it's just like you said, I feel a deep truth in that. Like there's simpleness in that. Like there's a simpleness. And in the healing, there's a simpleness. We often make it very complicated with our minds. So we can be reassured, I think, that it's the real healing. It happens in a second. And it's so, yeah, it's so guided. So true. Exactly. It's beautiful. And I want to go back to something y'all were saying before too, because we were bashing psychology a little bit at the beginning in a loving, (laughs) kind way. Yes, very loving. Yeah, we will be getting phone calls. Yeah, yeah, and and psychology is my first passion, and will always be. It will always be. And for me, finding the spirit in psychology, which, by the way, psyche is spirit uh, originally, anyway. So we just took yes. it in the wrong direction. But for me, it's always there, and it makes perfect sense. And I left academic psychology, as I often tell people, because like you know, the field just had not gone in the direction that that my heart knew it could. But there's also a longstanding lineage in psychology, if you look for it there, Mm. of all of this stuff, 
all of this stuff and more. If you if you look at Carl Rogers, who is one of my favorite, I mean, he's the founder really of modern talk therapy after Freud. Mm-hmm. You know, he talks about in his memoirs, he talks about, hey, there are times when I'm really present with someone and I'm giving them what he would call his unconditional positive regard, because I guess back then you couldn't say love. <laughs> and uh, right? right, and I'm with them and I'm present with them, and I'll know things and I'll know what to say. And it, I don't know why I know it, just it's a sixth sense. So, and that's what he taught people. There's uh, Eugene Gendlin, the founder of Focusing, and Focusing is also around being really, really present and hearing your inner voice through the healing process. We have modern things now, we have somatic mm-hmm. experiencing, we have EMDR. We have, uh, I mean, gestalt therapy. I think all of these things are therapies that help you get in touch with your intuition. My guides are even saying Freudian therapy, and I have mixed feelings about Sigmund Freud, but or Dr. Freud. Yeah. Who doesn't? Yes, I know. (laughs) (laughs) He did himself. Yeah. Yeah, he did that himself. At his best, (laughs) some of that work too was really, I mean, obviously it was revolutionary. That too was helping people connect with our intuition. So I think it's one of those secrets of the field <laughs> that it's really what it's been about all along. And as we've gotten more and more forward in this whole scientific thing, as if we think science is not also, most scientists are highly intuitive as well, by the way, the ones that are making those Absolutely. big breakthroughs. You know, Einstein talks about his intuition all the time. Yes. So anyway, I, I just wanted to speak to that because I do think that any great therapist is using their intuition, Mm -hmm. just like anyone who's great at anything they're doing is using their intuition. Right. Besides being a psychologist, I'm also a singer-songwriter, right? I'm in the music industry. I'm a recording artist. And when I write music, channel universe, uh, that's what you do. So I feel like as a human being, you are a conduit and all of us are conduits. Yes. And we run a psychic school. So when you just mentioned that, you know, medical doctors, um, they also, you know, sign up for a psychic school and use it in their profession. So yeah, it is becoming not, I would not just say in the field of psychology, it's it's everywhere, even maybe a butcher or someone who works at a grocery store. It it always will, will always, always work in your benefit. It will always give you a more heightened sense of self and balance and love, self-love for sure. Yeah. It's everywhere. And it's just a matter of looking for it and allowing for it and recognizing that it is where all the gold is. It's not in your mind. It's not in all the little rules that you've been taught. It's in listening to your soul. It is. I also feel, Victoria, that you are onto something. So I see your soul showing me like that, you know, that the field of psychology wants to be reunited with it yeah so there is this change coming and i think that we do feel that because i was listening to a podcast of a psychologist and i was really admiring her in her work because i felt like i love the psychologist realm like i do oh yeah so i think the everybody who had this profession before and is now turning more towards the psychic abilities etc that we are also helping those fields align more so yeah there's something great happening i think yeah i love that and i think that's a really great place to stop because that's what Mm -hmm. i see my purpose and mission is too is about bringing the soul back to psychology a hundred percent yeah because it's always been there and it's the important missing link but Mm -hmm. you know as a culture it's been neglected to our detriment absolutely Yeah. I -hmm. love that. We've had a guest on the show, Chris Niebauer, who's a neuropsychologist, and he's talked a lot about 
the brain and and how our, his understanding of neuroscience brings back everything that we've been talking about today. Mm-hmm. So I do think mm-hmm. it's all coming home. It's all coming back together. And we're just the forefront of that, I hope, of helping people to see it's all been there all along. And now we get to experience it and live it. Absolutely. That is beautiful. So I ask everyone on the show, how do you experience your intuition? When I feel my intuition, there's also a softness and a whiteness at the same time. And there is magic in there. I cannot describe that in any other way, but I feel this like stardust in this channel as well. And I cannot really relate that with words, but yeah, thank you. I think you did a beautiful job. I love that. And for me, it's an overwhelming sense of love, being in love and having a certainty in love. So whenever I channel for someone, I can really feel this certainty in my heart. And while I feel this certainty, like in my heart, I just, or if I channel whatever for myself, I just feel like I'm in love. There's a certainty like no other. Even if I've read a million scientific journals, there is no other certainty than that of my intuition, as well as feeling in love. I feel like that's how I, yeah. I love it. I love it. Those are beautiful, beautiful answers. It's so cool to connect with you all. You too. Yay. So people want to find you if they want to work with you. What does that look like? What do they do? And we'll have all this information in the show notes too. We have a, an Instagram, not your average psychic, not your average psychic.com is our website. And we do one-to-one readings. We do group sessions as well as shamanic journeys. Saskia is a wonderful healer. And I do past life regression journeys as well with people. So um, those are the services that we offer. And uh, yeah. Beautiful. And you have a psychic school, you said? Oh, we have a psychic school. Oh my goodness, Rochelle. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) that's the most (laughs) important part. I think that's something that because of our background as psychologists and that we know how Uh, the journey can be to open up like we've discussed in the whole conversation. So we are helping people open up their psychic abilities in all sorts of professions. I love it. And it's been a really big success in Europe. And now we're trying to branch out here in the United States. So yeah, hopefully if someone feels welcome, just know that uh, that's what we're doing a couple of times a year. I love it. That's so beautiful. So excited. So excited to see where our paths might cross in the future. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. Any last words before we wrap up? <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm grateful. Thank you. And it was so nice meeting. I, I wanted to say, I only hear the Dutch word. So that's funny. Um, so maybe Rochelle can help me out. Short note. Oh, I love that. <laughs> like-minded soul. I love that the Dutch have a word for that. Yeah. <laughs> You're a like-minded yeah. soul. Yeah. It's one word. It's so it's so easy. Say it one more time. Soortgenoot. Soortgenoot. I'm going to remember that one. It's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And my last word to you is yes. I love your energy and uh, we'd love to join you on your retreat in San Diego. Beautiful. All right. Thank you guys so much. This was so much fun. I can't wait to see where we'll go with it next. And thank you everyone for tuning in because I know that we are all say the word one more time. Oh yes. Short notes. Short notes. <laughs> yeah. Because I think that's what intuitive connection is all about. It really is finding those people, finding that tribe and, and, and feeling that energy. So thank you guys for sharing your beautiful light with all of us today. Thank you again so much for having us. Thanks for everyone for tuning in and namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. 
If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.